Hey there, pod pals. Are you a print-on-demand creator looking to stay ahead of the curve? You want to know exactly when to launch your designs for every key season and event? How about a chuckle with an extra dad joke to brighten your day? If you said yes to any of these, then it's time to join the print-on-demand cast VIP list. As a VIP, you'll get our free annual design calendar, an amazing guide to help you time your creations perfectly throughout the year. And of course, we'll include a bonus dad joke each week as well. Signing up couldn't be easier. Just visit printondemandcast.com slash VIP and enter your email. Don't let another day of potential pass you by. Become a part of the VIP list, grab your annual design calendar, and let's dive into a year of inspired creating together. We'll see you on the other side. Welcome back to Print on Demand Cast. In this episode, we're going to be talking about Influencer Marketing 101. Let's get into it. Welcome back, everybody, to the Print On Demand cast. Thank you so much for joining us once again. We're always very thankful to know that you guys are back each and every week to listen to a brand new episode. Uh, This episode is going to be different. That's for sure. Um, It's my first time running solo, which means that this whole thing is going to be very, very interesting. So, yeah, I was going to play that bumper, which break up the monotony, but that is, I mean, that's the point of interest. I'm solo. Uh, Travis is on his way to Tulsa. I know it's not print-on-demand industry news necessarily, uh, but it's just a prerequisite for the rest of this episode. Uh, I am flying by myself, no co-captain today. Uh, it's never happened before in the history of the print on demand cast, but we're going to see how it goes. Travis was telling me like, would you, how do you feel about doing a solo episode? And I thought he was just joking, but he wasn't. So here I am. We're going to talk about influencer marketing today, but also one thing that it happened uh, a little bit of a waffle session with myself uh, to you, the listener that is listening right now, hopefully not uh, pressing pause and not coming back to this episode. Uh, recording from my new space here in Loveland. We moved over the weekend, my wife and I, to our new home here. Super excited to have my own recording space. Never had really like my f- a full room just to myself. I'm not sharing this with anybody. It's just my own space to record uh, and do content with. So I'm very, very excited about that as well. Um, looking forward to hearing back from Travis. I don't know what he went to Tulsa for, to be completely honest. He probably told me and I forgot, which makes me a bad friend and co-host because I can't relay the news to you, the loyal listener. But here we are. So... Uh, before we get into anything else, uh, let's go ahead and we're just going to dive straight in this episode. I'm not going to keep you guys very long, um, but uh, hopefully it will be informative and entertaining. So with that being said, let's just go straight into this week's main event. Ladies and gentlemen, the main event. All right, the main event indeed. Um, So we're going to talk about influencer marketing. What is influencer marketing? And my experience with influencer marketing is pretty, um, uh, I guess, lengthy. Is that the word? 
uh, that I'm looking for. I've got a lot of experience in influencer marketing. So as you know, uh, we, uh, my father-in-law and I had what for apparel and, um, I, I found the idea of influencer marketing through a, a website, um, that I knew about because of my fandom of professional wrestling. So I uh, don't easy. Okay. I'm a fan of professional wrestling and you all knew that. Don't judge. Okay. So you get nothing. So uh, I knew of this website called Pro Wrestling Tees. And basically what this is, is it's a, it's a print shop in Chicago. Uh, One Hour Tees is the shop there that's on the ground, brick and mortar style, um, who developed a relationship with a professional wrestler. And the, and the professional wrestler said, you should develop like a print on demand for professional wrestlers who are not tied to a major company who are not having their merch produced for them and be the guy that produces their merch. So that's what he did. And he gave uh, a lot of uh, professional wrestlers the, uh, the ability to log into the website, create an account and sell their merch. Okay. So that's what, that's where I discovered um, influencer marketing, or I didn't know it was called that at the, at the time. I was looking for something that we could do that would be different, um, that maybe hasn't been done a lot. Um, and so originally we wanted to kind of target musicians um, with this business model because my father-in-law and I are both musicians, as is Travis. Um, and because we thought, you know, musicians, typically the last thing that they think of is merch and who's going to do the merch and who, what merch should they sell. So we thought if we can partner with them and come alongside of them and kind of help them in this journey, um, then that would make a lot of sense. So eventually we kind of opened it up to, to everybody, right? Because we didn't just want to narrow it down to musicians. But that was the bedrock. The foundation of our business model was influencer marketing, was going to be influencer marketing. Now, there's a couple of different versions of, of influencer marketing, one of which we're going to focus more on um, for this particular episode. So when you hear influencer marketing, one version is uh, you know what my wife used to do with her uh, Etsy store is reach out to influencers within the niche that she was producing. So in this instance, like home decor, kind of farmhouse, vintage home decor, um, and tell or and, and, and message the influencer and ask if they would be willing to do a collaboration, for lack of a better term, which basically meant that my wife was going to send them a product that she created for free if they would talk about it on their Instagram story or channel. Um, oftentimes accompanied with a, a, a discount code that their followers could use that provides a tangible way for us to track or for you to track um, who is coming through that stream. So if my, you know, if someone reaches out to me uh, in this very hypothetical example and asks me to um, promote their product and they say, I tell you what, and when, when someone buys something that's a follower, we're going to give you a discount code. It's going to be Josiah 10 for 10% off. Well, that discount code is going to help them or you in this instance track who is coming to your store through my link. And so um, that, and that happened. My wife had a handful of people that would, that would, um, you know, do a, a reveal or an opening of the package on their Instagram story and talk about the quality, how great it was. And it was really, really cool. So that, I mean, that's one way you can do influencer marketing. Okay. Um, I, I've not done a lot of that version of it. 
um, but it is definitely a viable option. It's a thing that you can do, and it has been done for forever. Okay, um, the kind of influencer marketing that I want to talk about is is reaching out to influencers on social media platforms and offering to do merchandise for them or to produce merchandise for them for their brand for their followers okay this is appealing to them for a number of reasons again a lot of them aren't thinking about uh, monetizing in that way and if they are they really don't want to have to do all of the heavy lifting and so one thing you can do uh, at least in the beginning in because it's viable in the beginning is you're growing this idea is to work pretty closely in tandem with the influencer themselves um, to help upload designs, to help with designs, to help kind of get it off of the ground. I want to tell you that it that model doesn't stay viable very long because quickly enough as you begin to grow, if it's just you and you're just doing this operation by yourself, you are going to get super overwhelmed <laughs> doing this for them. Uh, at least doing it yourself. You can get VAs. Um, to help you with this kind of process as well. So, um, and the other reason it's it's attractive to them, or can be, and in our case was because it was a no cost upfront model, right? Two words: free money. <laughs> it was basically um, how we pitched it. And so the whole idea was reaching out to influencers and saying, hey, I see you have a following or I love your content or I personally am a fan of yours. I would love to help you create merchandise around your content to sell to your followers that are no cost upfront basis and explain print on demand. You know, obviously virtual inventory doesn't exist until your customer buys it and then we print it, we ship it on your behalf, you know, kind of pitching the whole thing. And so uh, it was very, very attractive to a lot of folks. And I'm going to get into kind of like the the um, the precautions or things to kind of keep in mind as you're, as you're doing this, okay? So you might be thinking, okay, so this all sounds great and I would love to do it using, you know, the platform that I have as far as production, whether it's a production partner, whether it's a print, Printify or, or Printful or, or Merch On Demand. Um, how, okay, so how, but where do I go? How do I find these influencers, right? So obviously you want to start with a social media platform of some sort. I, I personally, I would say not Facebook. Facebook isn't really that platform for influencers. It's not like the place to be. I think um, perceptionally or perceptually rather, uh, Facebook has been inundated with boomers <laughs> and, and the older generation, which is why people have fled um, from from that platform. And when I say people, I mean like the younger, you know, millennials, Gen Z, um, Gen X, uh, wait, Gen A, Alpha. I don't know. Listen, okay, can we name generations after anything but letters? Because we're back at Alpha now. But uh, I feel I feel sorry for Beta. Um, anyway, um, so start with the social media platform. I had a lot of luck in two particular places. Um, Twitter which is now X, okay? Uh, I guess when you say they're X users, <laughs> doesn't uh, really sound quite as good as Twitter users. X users could be bad. Killing me, Smalls! We'll be right back. Hey, you. Yeah, you listening. Do you like personal finance or real estate? 
Are you itching to build wealth and create a better life for yourself or your family? Then you need to come check out the Life, Money, and More podcast with real estate agent, YouTuber, and actor Sage Weiss. This isn't your average finance show. We dive deep and do not sugarcoat topics around money and life. The Life, Money, and More podcast releases two episodes a week just for you because we're all about helping you win in this crazy world we live in. Come join the thousands of listeners on the Life, Money, and More podcast. So, okay, so <laughs> uh, Twitter or TikTok. Um, and you, you find the influencers there. And, and really, if they have a contact in their, in their bio, if they have an email, I, I say go with email. I was usually always my first go-to because a lot of times these DMs have some kind of restriction on them. For example, you can't DM them unless they follow you back or, or you, you can only send two DMs and then you don't get to DM them anymore. Um, and so there, there can be a lot of, a little bit more red tape uh, when, when DMing somebody if their DMs are even open. A lot, a lot don't have open DMs and I don't blame them uh, because people are crazy. And so they, they just shut off their DM functionality altogether. But if they have an email in there, um, I would encourage you to just shoot them an email. Um, if they don't have the DMs open and they don't have an email, I, I would just leave comments. Personally, that's what I would do on a post. Hey, this is great. Or hey, I love the content. Or hey, I, my name is so-and-so. I want to sell your merch. I want to make shirts for you. Okay. Just leave something in there. Um, if that's that's kind of like the last ditch effort um, to get them to, to chat with you. So um, Twitter and TikTok were the two places I had the best luck doing that. Um, Instagram is doable. My wife had a ton of success on Instagram um, soliciting folks with followings um, to, to, for us to do much. She's actually found one of our largest clients um, by way of an Instagram DM. Um, and so it's the client that that I've talked about many times on the show, um, and so that we've we got to him through Instagram initially, and so I would just pick a platform and see, just tap that vein, see what works. Uh, one platform could work for a while, then you can get dry. Go to another platform um, and see what you can do there. Uh, YouTube is another place if they have a contact. Uh, YouTube doesn't have DMs as far as I know, but if they have an email or a contact on their YouTube page on their bio page. Check it out. Um, dive in. You know what I mean? And and the other thing is too, you know, kind of you can follow the rabbit hole of platforms, which is to say if someone has a YouTube channel that you're a fan of, but they don't have an email, click on their Twitter, see if their DMs are open. Click on their Instagram, see if their DMs are open. Okay. Click on their TikTok and, and message them. Um, but that is a way that I would I would usually do it. The biggest success rate, though, going back to my my original point is email. I had the best luck actually facilitating meaningful conversations with email because a lot of these influencers will have partnership or collaborations and then they'll have an email. Um, and you might be dealing with the talent rep at that point. Um, you might be dealing with them directly. I've had both scenarios where I've worked with agencies and then I've worked with the actual influencer themselves um, to see you know, about striking some kind of agreement. Um, and so after that, I mean, even before that, you want to really perfect your pitch, okay? You don't want it to be lengthy because the 
odds of them reading a super lengthy DM, super, super slim. The odds of them reading a lengthy email, super slim. You have to figure out a way to capture their attention within a couple sentences, even in the email subject line, because you have to understand that they, if you put themselves, if you put yourself in their shoes, they, they receive a lot of these emails. Uh, folks that I would talk to got pitched all the time by um, folks, talent reps, people who want to produce merch. It's not something that they're not getting. They're getting a lot of inquiries, right? So you have to really distinguish, distinguish yourself. Um, and to be candid and transparent, uh, only because I'm not doing it anymore, um, the, the pitch of free money <laughs> is a heck of a deal um, when you say it's no cost up front. Um, that got a lot of people's attention. And then you have to explain how and why that works. So typically I would do like a sizzle before steak. Okay. I would give them a sizzle, uh, tease them, entice them. What free money I get to sell shirts. I'm going to reply. And then I would, the second step would, I would try to get them on a call. Okay. If I could get them on a call, my close rate was significantly higher than if I was just exchanging an email. Why? Uh, because you, it's hard to tell um, a lot through just text. And I think you, we all know that, right? We all know that when it comes to relationships, friendships, you know, texting people, I still can misconstrue the tone that someone is coming at me with uh, because I'm so used to communicating that way. And if it's my, if, if I doesn't have an LOL or something stupid, you know, to, to denote that they're in a good mood, it's like, oh man, are they in a bad mood? Uh, I make a man. But that's just silly human fault, faulty thinking. If I can get them on the phone though, I can relay so much more, so much quicker than an email chain of five days, six days on, you know, going back and forth and blah, blah. I do whatever you can to get them on a call as quickly as you can because that gives them the assurance that you're the real deal okay that you're the expert in this field they can throw questions at you and you can answer them you can give them answers you can give them instances even if you're new to this okay even if you're new to influencer marketing as a whole and maybe you don't have a whole lot of experience, you can still relay what you know about print-on-demand, what you know about how the business model will work, what you know about the quality of the product, because they're going to ask. They're going to ask if it's going to be plastic ink. Is it going to feel plasticky? Because they have a misconception. Or the, sh the shirts are going to feel like crap. I've done this before. The shirts feel like crap. You can assure them. You can send and you can you know set up free samples to be sent to them. Whatever that looks like, get them on the phone. Don't be okay with just landing clients strictly through email, okay? I would always, in my first pitch, say, I'd love to hop on a call. They'd respond, and then I would respond back and say, I'd still love to hop on a call, okay? So you're, I'm always pitching the opportunity to hop on a call. Um, I would even go so far if I were, you know, if I was to redo this, if I was to get back in the business, in the industry on a day-to-day -day basis, I would have a Calendly link of just, hey, let's set up a call. Look, give me 15 minutes of your time, give you a rundown. Um, set up a presentation. 
on Google Slides and 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 show them. You know what I mean? Um, the more you can do to reassure them that you're legitimate, that you're the expert in your field, the better it's going to be for you. And the easiest way to do that is to get them on the phone. You can relay so much more. Intent is read so much better when you're on the phone. Um, I, you know, I'm in a lot of a lot of connections with people that I, I don't even do their merch anymore, obviously, but I'm still friends with them because we had a great initial phone call. I still text them. Uh, I'm still, you know, commenting on their stuff, c- congratulating them on success because we had a great first phone call. One guy um, who is a TikTok influencer still still calls me his brother from another mother, uh, when or his long lost brother. Uh, when whenever I reach out to him and just say, "Hey, what's up?" Thinking about you, hope things are well. You know, so get him on the phone. Uh, it, it can do a lot for you. Um, and it can, uh, if you hate, if you hate calling people on the phone, uh, you're going to have to do something to, to get, to force yourself <laughs> to do it. I can relate. I, I don't necessarily enjoy calling people all the time, especially cold calls. Those suck. Okay. Cold calls are God's punishment for not getting referrals. Um, so basically my emails were, or my DMS were my cold call. You know what I mean? Um, by necessity, I didn't have their phone number, but that was kind of my foot in the door. And that kind of eased that like, oh God, I got to call these people. They never heard from me before. So I would do that. Um, so the next question would be, or the next thing to kind of cover, I guess, for you to know, we've talked about what to say to them, how to pitch them, kind of getting that sizzle, that enticement, talked about um, making sure getting to get them on the phone, okay? to schedule a call with them. We've talked about the platforms in which you can find these people, um, these influencers. There's three major ones, again, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And guys, again, this is this is just really kind of 30,000-foot view. Um, I know we've talked a lot about coaching uh, on the show and offering that kind of stuff. I would be more than happy to to help. If you guys really want to kind of nail down this whole thing, um, to, to to convey some experience and give you some tips and pointers and do some like influencer marketing co- coaching or a course or something. We've talked about that and because I would love to get into the nitty gritty of it um, and uh, and talk the details. Let's get down to the nitty gritty. So, uh, okay. So we talked about the platforms, but here's something else that you need to keep in mind. Okay. Who should you DM? I can tell you with all certainty Influencers are not created equal. <laughs> Some of these guys and gals um, you will find have intentionally structured their content to be where they are. Okay. They they came at this like a business. They knew what they wanted to do. They knew where they were wanting to go. And they put intent behind that. Okay. There's another group that accidentally got 15,000 followers overnight because of one video. Okay. Um, it's a good mix of both of those that you're going to find. I've, I've talked about this on the show before, but size doesn't matter when it comes to the following <laughs> of the influencer. Bigger following numbers isn't necessarily a surefire ticket. Okay. Uh, 
you what you want to do is figure out what kind of engagement they have with the people who follow them. Are they responding to the comments? Are they liking people's comments on TikTok? Are they are they replying to the content co- comments with a video and and having a conversation with the follower, right? Or responding in video format to a question that a follower has? Are they doing that? That's important. It's very important. Because if the more engaged they are, the more buy-in they have with their following and the more apt and more prone the following is to purchase the thing that the person is going to be promoting that you are producing. If there's no relational equity, their following is less likely to want to support them because they've not been brought behind the curtain. Influencers who interact, influencers who are transparent, influencers who are being vulnerable with their following to whatever extent that means for that particular person, those influencers who are having that level of interaction are going to be the ones that are going to yield the best fruit. And followings do not matter as far as the number. I, uh, the same person that calls me or, you know, the long lost brother. When I solicited him, when I sent him a message, uh, he had maybe a hundred thousand followers, maybe now that's a lot. Okay. But comparatively and contextually speaking, it's not as much, it's not very big compared to what's out there on those platforms. Okay. The 500,000, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, whatever million followers but his content was fantastic and his engagement was through the roof because i would go into the comments and my my might be kind of stalkery you know uh to just read comments and check replies <laughs> that's what i did uh and saw that this dude is genuinely interacting with his following and so pitched him and he sold $2,000 um, worth of merch. And that's what he took home from a weekend when he launched two grand. Okay. Because he loved his followers, loved him. And he kept coming out with new content and coming out with the new shirt ideas. Okay. Which is great. Great. Engagement is huge. Um, I would say, again, matters more than the following count. Um, the one thing also that I will say as far as what makes a good influencer is, and this is kind of a, a caution, I guess, um, not, not to deter you from doing obviously, obviously if I don't, if we thought we shouldn't do, you shouldn't do influence marketing. I wouldn't be talking into a microphone to nobody or to you guys, but in the moment I'm just talking to myself, uh, for the last 25 minutes. Um, if we thought it was a bad idea, we wouldn't do an episode on it. But there are some cautions. Um, not every, <laughs> just because it's called influencer marketing, just because they're influencers, does not mean that they themselves are good marketers. Okay. Um, influencer marketing, as the term is obviously because the influencer is doing the marketing of their particular good or their particular um, t shirt to their followers. But sometimes after that initial launch is where that ends because they, they're not marketers. 
Okay. And they're going to want you to become their marketing marketing. <laughs> okay. Wow. I can't even really talk. They're going to want you to become their marketing department and you need to be careful of that uh, because that's not what you do. It can be if you, if they're willing to pay you for it, which is the boat that I found myself in quite often with a lot of influencers because they're not marketers. Um, they're just people who have uh, an audience captive, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they are um, marketing gurus or even really know how to market effectively. They're going to want to throw 30 shirts up at one time. They're going to want to throw, you know, 20 mug designs and you're going to have to do some, some counseling as far as like, maybe you just start with two, maybe just start with five. Um, and, and, uh, kind of coach them through that. However, at a certain point you will have to draw a line because you're not a marketing firm. Uh, and unless they want to pay you to be that, then that's different. Okay. The one detriment, the one thing that I, I think is the downside to the no cost upfront model is be, is that the influencer themselves has zero skin in the game. If I were to do this again, I would offer um, a setup fee or so, some kind of fee, maybe not not super expensive, but you want them to have skin in the game. Okay, the free money pitch is great. Just we already talked about it. It's very enticing. It, it, it initiates conversation immediately. But, but there is a con. To that and that that's what i would say after after being in you know influencer marketing and doing it for for the four years or so that we did it i would say that was probably the one thing that was that was wrong um as we could have asked for more skin and more commitment even if you know maybe you still want to do the money up front thing but you want to do contracts six month commitments whatever that looks like for you um just to make them feel like they're some level of commitment from on their part Okay, um, so that they are motivated to make it work as well, because they'll work you to the bone if you if you let them. <coughs> Excuse me. So yeah, that, I would just say that's that's one thing to be to be aware of. Okay, is that not all marketers, not all influencers are marketers, and sometimes it would be, it's good to to have them put some skin in the game, right? So um, all right, so. How do you make, how do they make money? Okay. How's that going to work? Um, and, and this, I mean, this is kind of um, whatever you feel would work best for, for your particular scenario. For us, because we were doing production in house, we had wholesale prices assigned to everything in our catalog. And then the influencer could sell something for as much as they wanted. And they would get the difference between retail and wholesale. So, for example, let's say that a, you know, a t shirt was, $10. Well, uh, for a full front print, right? Full color front print, you know, 10 bucks. Um, if the influencers sold that for 20 bucks, they'd get 10, we'd get 10. If they sold it for 15. Uh, they, I'm sorry, if they sold it for 25, they'd get 15, we'd get 10. So our number never changed. Theirs could go as high or as low as they were comfortable with. And I would say as well, uh, Make sure you're specific and forthright and transparent about what that price includes. So 
for in the same of this say for the sake of the same example, if that ten dollar shirt was just front print only, full color, and they added a sleeve and a back, and I didn't tell them that additional print areas were three dollars a piece, and then they got the invoice and realized that they actually got charged sixteen dollars for a shirt they sold for twenty, they're only making four instead of ten. It's gonna be some problems. They're gonna be upset, rightfully so. You got to let them know what is included in that price. Okay. <clears throat> However, if you're not doing production in house, um, you I've I've seen some models where they do a percentage of like monthly sales, um, because when you're working with with especially like merch on demand, I, I try we tried doing some of this influencer stuff on merch on demand, and and honestly with with the amount of money that they that Amazon takes um, per sale. The leftover wasn't like, hey, we'll split it. You get $3, we get $2. They might be open for that, um, maybe. Um, but you could also do a percentage of like monthly sales, monthly gross, whatever that looks like. Whatever you do want to figure out, you can do percentages um, that way, uh, which a lot of folks have done in the past. And that kind of helps just be a little more enticing with with what is uh, left over, depending on the platform you're using. Um, again, I can't really speak to Printify's prices or Printly prices or Printful prices because we did our own production in-house. But that is one, two of the ways that you can do it: either you know wholesale versus retail, or kind of doing a percentage of of the total sales um, as well um, to for for the way that they get paid. And obviously, you get paid by them bringing the the customers in as well. And so, and make sure that it, you know, um, don't be afraid to start, or I guess don't be afraid to know your value. I mean, you're going to want at the beginning to, to maybe do some, you know, um, a loss leader type stuff with clients just to kind of get your foot in the door, uh, or get recommendations or kind of establish a system. Um, but it, again, if, if all of their, if all they're doing is, is a commitment of six months or whatever, uh, don't don't be afraid to know your value and, and charge what you feel you need to charge um, as well. So um, it's it as a whole, it's a business model that works really well. Um, again, there's some some cautions, there's some cons to to these particular to this particular um, business model. Some of which I, I outlined a little bit. Travis also touched on one last week about you know, getting the, the margins, you know, I wouldn't necessarily, I, I would still be selling your own stuff as well um, and getting higher margins on, on your own products, but also um, dabbling in influencer marketing as well until you figure out a good system to where you can, maybe that's what you want your whole business model to be. You can, even if we did, even when we did what for apparel, we sold our own stuff on Amazon, on Etsy, on Wayfair, on, all of these different platforms. Uh, we, we weren't exclusively influencer marketing. It was a, a, a stream of our business income, but it wasn't all of it. Um, I can say that after you know three years, we grew that book uh, of business to a point where it was, you know, should Amazon have been taken away, that it wouldn't have been as detrimental as it would have been beforehand, before we kind of diversified in that way as well. So, uh, and you know, I think one of the, the craziest stories I, that I have, um, is 
you know, back when I was working with um, influencers, there was a guy whose content was strictly about flat earth. And I had to ask him because, I mean, if you're listening and you're a flat earther, uh, we love you. I still agree with you. And so I didn't agree with this guy. And so I had to ask questions. I said, what do you mean? And so we kind of got into a debate. Okay. And he ended up saying like, listen, I will walk to the edge of the earth to prove you wrong. And he kind of left the conversation, you know? So, I mean, I'm sure he'll come around eventually. And that is this week's dad joke of the week. Uh, yeah. Awesome. Hey guys. I, I mean, that's kind of, again, uh, an overview, influencer marketing one-on-one, where to start, where to find them, what to look out for, how to pitch them. Um, I hope you guys found this information, um, informative, educational, uh, entertaining. I, it was very much stream of, con- I had some notes, a lot of stream of consciousness. I'm not really too sure what I said, but I hope that it was, I'm not sure what to do with my hands. So, uh, (laughs) if you guys have questions, I'd love to chat with you, uh, and and kind of delve a little deeper into this topic. Um, if you have, if you have suggestions, if you have ideas, if you have stories of of ways that you've made this work, especially, you know, the, the paying part of it, percentages or, you know, wholesale versus retail. Join the Facebook group, printondemandcast.com slash Facebook is where you can go to join the, join the community, join the conversation, join the family, answer the questions. You won't be let in, but you answer the questions, you're open sesame, uh, and you can chat with us there. Also, printondemandcast.com slash Instagram and slash YouTube is where you can go to find more of the content. And hey, printondemandcast.com slash shop, pick up a shirt. Uh, definitely help support the show again. You know, Travis and I do this as a passion project. Um, we love, uh, we love doing this. It's fun for us. Um, and so if you want to support it, if you want to keep the show going, if you want to help us invest into the future of print on demand gas, we would certainly love that as well. And again, as I said, at the top of the show, wherever you are listening to this, please leave us a review, uh, share the show, text it, Facebook, share it, Twitter, share it, X, exit, exit. Uh, and, and, uh, that's a new thing. Hey man. You just need to exit. Um, that's awesome. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, share the show where you can share the show. Leave us a review and a star rating. It helps the algorithms as well. Found it for the newsletter, penonamancast.com. You get all caught, kind, all caught. My God, I can't. This is what happens when I talk for too True long. I suffer depression. That sound bite twice. That's terrible. It is terrible. Uh, yeah, so sign up for the newsletter, printonamancast.com. You get a lot of different tidbits and information as well uh, there. It was a bonus dad joke, which is the real reason that a lot of people, I'm sure, subscribe. So uh, with all that being said, guys, thank you so much for listening. Until next time, I'm Josiah. Travis will be back next week, we hope. I don't see why he wouldn't be. But uh, fingers crossed, next week we'll both be back. And so you guys don't have to listen to me ramble. We'll get back to the good content. Both of us. But until then, we'll see you next time. And I guess it's my job to say, see ya.
Hey, babe, thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Print On Demand cast. We hope you enjoyed the Totally Tubular show. If you've got a question or a suggestion for the show, send Travis and Josiah an email at info at printondemandcast.com. Want to be wicked nice? Take a minute to rate and review the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to subscribe now so you don't miss next week's episode. See you next time for sure. In a world where businesses everywhere are trying to make print-on-demand sales, one podcast goes above and beyond every week to bring the most POD-specific information there is. All to help save the day, every day. Don't succumb to the enemies of your print-on-demand business. Sign up today for the Print On Demand Cast VIP email at printondemandcast.com slash VIP. This time, it's for real.